Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast once again from me Mark Woods. Thank you so much as always for tuning in and joining us. Of course you can keep up to date with basketball news from the UK and beyond and the podcast via our social media channels. Just search for the MVP cast on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget, in addition to downloading the pod via your preferred provider, you can also get us on your smart speaker. Just ask it to play the MVP cast via your podcast app or in some technologically advanced manner. And if you get one for Christmas, we're there. Now, our guest in this edition is a recent transplant to Tyneside. He's been south for so long, but now he's he's gone to land where t-shirts and shorts are just perfect in these snowy <laughs> cold times. He's getting used to the Eagles and hoping to fly high. He is Denzel Ubiara. Welcome to the MVP cast, Denzel. How's it going? Thank you for having me here. Thank you, how, thank you. How, is, how is life in Newcastle treating you after the, the, the salad and Hallison days of the South Coast? Oh, I mean, it's colder. That's one thing. So I'm definitely wrapping up a little bit more than usual. But no, I'm loving the environment, loving the city. I'm just getting used to it. Wrapping up? That'll never catch on. You'll, you'll stand out as a you know, <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's talk about something. We were supposed to talk ages ago because... Um, you did this amazing thing um, a, couple, a couple of years ago now. Um, yeah. And we saw it in the summer. And we didn't, people will have seen you on the big screen, but will not have known probably that they saw you in the big screen. Yeah. Because you, some people saw a couple of years ago, you, you disappeared overnight from Plymouth. And you, yeah. and you went off into to the blue yonder, and people were going, Where's he gone? Where's Dan's gone? <laughs> And you were on a movie set, and the movie was called Rise, and it is yep. the, I would want to say it's a complete biography, because I spoke to the brothers, and the brothers have all said to me, they toned our story down, the Antetokounmpo's, yep. about their tale of, incredible tale, of coming from the streets of Athens to being multimillionaires, famous worldwide basketball, Goliaths, yep. as a family. And you were in the movie no so let's let's start with brass tacks what was your precise role in this <coughs> rise of rise yeah so um yeah so my role was uh being a stunt double and it was a stunt double for the actor that played finesses so the older brother so i was being the stunt double for him essentially uh so stunt double slash kind of like basketball liaison <laughs> with kind of like some of the moves and like how stuff will kind of like look good and how like authentic it will kind of look like. So yeah, essentially my official role was uh, basketball stunt double for Finassus. So for those who haven't seen the movie, how does it shape up this story? Because it's a um, Disney movie, we should say that. Yeah, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, it definitely shapes up. So like you should with like all your classic kind of like Disney movies, but it's about kind of like the trials and tribulations and then the, the growth to kind of like that stardom and that kind of like celebration all that good stuff you know obviously it's just about the story of um you know the the, the kumpo like family and how they went through the trials tribulations of um being uh i believe immigrants um in greece or so being nigerian descendants and then you know their their upbringing in greece and kind of like the turmoil they have to go through the troubles they'll have to go through as well and um you know kind of growing up through the ranks of basketball and getting to where they are right now 
you know so it is a great movie incredible movie incredible story and how it's uh how it's been um you know uh, produced and shown to the audience is, is incredible so we know your cv we don't see radar on it we don't see you know just our drama school um you're a bowler how did this come about <laughs> yeah Oh, to be honest, it was the most random thing ever. You know, I told this to everyone. Honestly, it was the most random thing. It was probably a random Tuesday after practice. I don't even think I had the best practice as well. So I was just like, oh, yeah, let me just go home and just relax. And then ended up getting a message on Twitter by a person um, uh, goes by Hernando, Hernando Planels. Um, yeah, just a, a tweet, a DM, just saying, like, oh, hi, then saw some of your highlights. Uh, we're filming in Greece right now for a movie um, about the Tentacumbo uh, family. Um, would you be interested? And obviously, with probably like any message that someone will see, they'll probably be like, yeah, that's fake. So I just swiped off of it like, yeah, no, that's not real. <laughs> and then I was just like, you know what? Hold on. Let me just see. And the reason being, I uh, double checked. He had a verified tick on Twitter. So I was just like, oh, yeah, this guy he must be legit. So I checked him who, was, he, who he was and... um yeah, he was in all tons and different movies, you know, like sports movies, uh, like a uh, Rebound, which was uh, had Mark Lawrence in it, mm. um, famous one, Coach Carter. He was a sports coordinator for that as well. Um, many other movies. So I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this guy a call. And then, yeah, I gave him a call. Great person, great, great person, as well as um, the, the boss of a sports coordinator company called Game Changing Films. Uh, Amy, like they were just both great people, spoke to them and then I just asked them, Oh yeah, like I'm interested how like when would you want me to come out? And they was just like, Oh yeah, next Monday. And I was just like, Sorry, what? <laughs> like, you know, it was such a quick turnaround. They was just like, Yeah, we're like starting to film. I was just like, Oh, I could try and see if we can sort that all out. But um yeah, like the whole production company, Disney, they were incredibly helpful. Uh, you know, they gave me a visa appointment as well. I had to fly back from Plymouth to London back and forth a couple of times, sorted out, you know, flights, all that good stuff. And then, yeah, literally three, four days time, I was in Greece, you know, in Athens, middle of Athens. Before, before I ask you about the filming, um, there's a conversation you've got to have with PJ, coach at, the, um, at Plymouth at the time. Uh, does he, A, does he believe you? And B, does he actually believe he has to let you go within a couple of days? Yeah, I know it was even a weird one because, like, me and my missus at the time, we were just like, How do we even approach this conversation with, with PJ, the owner at the time? Like, it's just such a random thing, honestly. And bear in mind, this was, I think, a week or maybe two weeks before playoffs as well. So it was like at a crucial point of the season. So, um, yeah, I was just like, Okay, cool. Let me call uh, Phil, the owner at the time, just speak to him, just be as honest as possible, and just be like, Yo, Phil, like, <laughs> they want me on the Disney movie to help out be a stunt double I mean this is a once in a lifetime opportunity really this doesn't really happen every day um, you kind of understand where I'm coming from and he was just like Dens go for it like when's the next time Disney's going to be like yeah Dens come on the movie you know it was a once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity and then managed to speak to PJ as well they were both supportive he was exactly on the same page he was just like we don't want you to go but we want you to go you know it's a once in a lifetime experience so they were incredibly like um, you know, supportive with the decision, incredibly supportive. So that made life a little bit easier. I mean, you get out there, and I, you know, I've been around film sets a couple of times, and, it, and it's it's organized chaos in a way, but the organization part of it is incredible. And you're walking into this environment where you know it, it's new for you. You it's, suppose yeah. it's a bit like kind of turning up for a new team, trying to learn the playbook, you know, and and put on the right performance when you've come in mid season. Um, 
but what what advice or what are they what are they how are they showing you this craft i don't even know like you said it's like organized chaos to be honest and it really does help because um hernando and amy who are the sports coordinators they obviously have like insane basketball background anyway so amy herself she played college division one basketball at high level hernando he was a g league uh coach duke women assistant coach like his resume goes on and on and on so like they are extremely familiar with basketball at all levels so it was kind of easy just to kind of just be in that environment and that professionalism of like dens you know your professional player like you know, we're going to make sure everything's sorted and fine. Like, you're not going to do anything crazy moves or anything, you know, that's going to, like, really test your abilities. You know, we're just here because, you know, you can do what you can do best. And then, um, you know, that was really, like, comfortable, you know, having that conversation with them. And then meeting, like, the lead actor and the co-actor um, as well, Uche and uh, Rao. That's their names. Uh, meeting them. They're, we're all, like, around the same age. I'm a little bit older, but... You know, it was it was all good. It was kind of easy just to be around them. And then the other stunt double as well, he's uh, from London, like London Creek. So it was kind of like a small team within a larger team. So it was really easy and like to get comfortable with them and familiar with them. So it kind of made that like transition easy. So what do you, what, what is the job? I mean, a stunt double, I mean, you know, stunt double, we kind of think of, you know, the guy in the far suit jumping you know out of a building or you know th- being you know across the bonnet of a car while tom cruise keeps his nose perfect um basketball yeah. stump tuddle doubles that is a kind of different sort of thing what what practically what were you doing um for, for the most part hours and hours of waiting <laughs> hours of waiting <laughs> that's one thing they don't show people like behind the scenes hours of waiting it's long long film days you know like 10 11 12 hour film days some one film day was like overnight so what started like 7 p.m finished like 7 a.m the next day so it's loads of waiting but um yeah essentially like my role was just to kind of you know there'll be like a couple of days where we'll rehearse like the moves that they want us to do or the, and they want the actors to do obviously they would want the actors to be able to do it so it looks more authentic and they don't have to you know kind of chop and change the camera angles or do any like camera disney magic they have to do so obviously they would really focus on the um the actors doing the move. So it'd be something simple as probably like an in and out crossover with a layup or just a no look pass or something uh, something real simple. And um Yeah, it was uh it, it was pretty straightforward in that sense, but just loads of waiting, tons and tons of waiting. What um I mean being in that situation and you're you're of parents or just your parents or your dad are nigerian um and so there's there's some connection there in a sense of you know the backstory and the the origins and then you know a basketballer coming in and making you know using that to make something of their life in a way um i mean it sounds like a very you know thing you would ask a you know that's an actor or a thespian but you know did you identify with the character uh yeah a little bit yeah a little bit i would say like you know I feel like I'm quite privileged in just like my upbringing as well. You know, I would definitely say like their upbringing was a lot more like, you know, trials and tribulations a little bit tougher, you know, how they have to, you know, go through everyday kind of tasks, but also have that, uh, that unfortunate circumstances of, um, uh, prejudice during that time period where they grew up, you know? So, um, it was tough in a sense like that. Uh, but in terms of just like being Nigerian, you know, like that sense of like family religion um 
and just know what is important and going through basketball if that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. like that I could relate to you know just like family first before anything you know always making sure you pray before everything uh, anything you do you know just keeping it authentic as much as you can and not forgetting where you come from if that kind of makes sense so that I, I definitely like did relate to and it was nice to see that um, see them uh, put that uh, in the movie as well yeah because this this is the premise I really liked of, of when it was written it was that you know showing the family through through faith determination their on their unbreakable bond yeah the anti unite to lift themselves out of a life of poverty as undocumented immigrants living in greece and you know i, I spoke to thanasis about this um when i was at eurobasket and you know as i said i think at the start of the podcast you know, I said, well, how realistic was it? Well, you know, did it, did it really reflect things? He said, no, they, they really toned it down. You know, it was it was a disnification, I suppose he was trying to say, <laughs> in the sense of the story, because there was there was bleaker times and there was tougher times and probably times that, you know, they, they probably haven't even talked about or, you know, or, or, you know it's, they're not, it's not the sort of cosy good luck or good feel-good story that maybe we saw on the end film. Yeah. Um, did you get a sense being around it though that this was the a fairy tale, or did you get a sense of you know I guess watching the film that of of that kind of struggle, or you know knowing their story and appreciating what they'd been through at the lows in a sense to get to the highs? Yeah, I think it's more just like I guess it's essentially just a. a, a a smaller lens of what they actually went through, like you kind of explained it, or like the NASA's explained it. Like obviously, they definitely toned it down. But I feel like with any kind of story in life, like away from movies, you know, when you meet someone, they obviously give you kind of like an insight or just a glimpse of kind of things that they go through. If obviously you speak to them on that level, you know. So I kind of felt like the same, you know, like it definitely felt like the same. But it's weird. Like I kind of had a sense of just like being in that environment of them trying to make the scenes that they were filming and what they did want to tell uh, the audience that they were trying to make it as authentic as it could be for sure. Like I definitely did get that feeling as well. Like obviously I know like everyone's story, you know, there's different things that you would tell people, different things you wouldn't tell people. And yeah, definitely I could imagine that they definitely did go through like harder times that hasn't been shown to, uh, in the movie or they haven't told anyone, you know, in their interviews or, conversations they have with media and such and so forth but um yeah i definitely felt like they definitely did try and make it as authentic as it could be definitely i mean, I mean rises on disney plus was that when when did you get to see the the final movie for the first time um probably a, a month ago oh, and really? it just sounds crazy <laughs> yeah i don't know why it's just been weird it's one of those ones like me and my partner we just wanted to watch it together like mm. properly but she works a busy job, me with basketball and stuff. So it just kind of just slips on mine. And it's just like, then this is out of order. We need to watch this movie properly. Like, it's been how long, you know? But yeah, we finally did get around to watching it as oh, well. It and so many the people. Two of you, or did you have like the entire world around to watch it with you? Oh, no, it was just two of us down in Plymouth, <laughs> down in Plymouth in a little room. And what was the verdict? What was her verdict, yeah, was... more importantly? Yeah, it was just one of them classic Disney feel-good movies, you know? And it was just so cool because there was a lot of the scenes. Like, I remember how they filmed it. And it was just like, I don't know how this is going to look, but Disney 
they do a decent job at making movies, so I'm pretty sure this, <laughs> this will come out all right, you know. Just There's like a bit where you're pointing at the screen and going, that's my foot, that's my leg, <laughs> that's my jump. Yeah, but funny enough, like, it's actually crazy because so many people, and this is even funny, so many people are just like, oh, yeah, Den's like, do you remember what scenes you did and stuff like that? And it's funny because it's just like, yeah, I've done one scene and I'm not 100% sure it's even in the movie. So out of all the hours that I've been there, I'm not 100% sure that I was used in any of the actual scenes in the movie. Claim it. Claim it. Yeah. Ride that uh, wave. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, that's why I added the basketball liaison because there's definitely like some stuff I was helping the, the actors out with like the moves and the finishing just to make sure I look good. So yeah, I like to say stunt double slash basketball liaison. What... Um... I mean, what does it? What do you take from it? Now? I mean, does that? I mean, obviously, these opportunities come on might come once in a lifetime. But you know, when you were you know, the guys you're working with, clearly you got you got well. You, you thought very highly of them. Did you go next time you've uh, a need for a stunt double for a basketball player, or yeah, I don't know, maybe something else? Um, yeah, you thought. Did you go? Yeah, here's you know, be my be the first port of call. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I told them many times, like because they they are familiar. They work. Well, the sports coordinated company, Game Changing Films, they obviously work with a lot of athletes, you know, professional athletes, college athletes. So they know, like, athletes kind of want to be involved or do stuff, you know. They, you know, as much as we would like to just, you know, kick back and chill, but, like, we want to be involved and do stuff. So with the filming industry, there's loads of weight and just tons of weight and a lot of nothing really happening. It's super slow. So they know that, you know, it's quite boring for some people. Some people are okay with doing it and they're just like, oh, yes, all right, time. And some people are just like, no, I hate it. Like, there's nothing going on. Like, I don't want to work with it. But I've explicitly told them, like, listen, this is cool for me. One, getting out of my comfort zone because I've not been in a production environment before, you know, and I'm networking and meet with people, you know. So that's getting out of my comfort zone, which I love. And as well, it's just a new um, kind of like, step away from basketball in a sense where I could still be involved around sports but just in a different light if that makes sense were you a bit yeah were you a bit disappointed not to get invited to the premiere in wherever it was Athens, New York Milwaukee I can't remember yeah all that good stuff yeah it is a little bit sad but hey <laughs> you know one day you and Thanasis will come you know face to face and it'll be one of those moments of I know you don't I and yeah yeah for sure definitely, and, definitely. And you'll go yes you're Thanasis Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> I mean, they're globetrotters, and you're a globetrotter in, in in every sense of the word. Um, I hope we got this analogy right. You were born in London, Nigerian parents, yep. as we've said, um, but then you, you took off pretty quickly to Atlanta, Georgia, and then Texas as well as a kid. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I was born here, uh, born in London, and then I think by the age three two three moved to atlanta georgia for about four years yeah about four years and then packed up and left to houston texas yeah for another like four four or five years so yeah essentially like my whole childhood is american so i still have like some of the americanism and kind of a little bit of a a twang there like some of the (laughs) some of the dialogue used i still use it to this day but yeah like my whole childhood is american and then from 13 onwards it's british so and yeah, what my was brain's been parents' jobs. Uh yeah, parents' jobs. Yeah, so my dad he was a civil engineer, so he worked with the um, the railroads. Worked with the railroads. I forgot what it's called. Metro. Yeah, Metro mm. in Atlanta. So we worked with Marta. Like, the railroads, Marta. train. Mm. 
yeah and then um kind of had another job as well um in texas uh in the same field so yeah and did you grow up on diets of you know waffle houses and um mm-hmm. all the good the good stuff you get in the all that good stuff all that, that good stuff yeah zaxby's in atlanta chick-fil-a popeyes church all of that good stuff yep <laughs> all of it what's what's your best memories of i mean obviously atlanta if it's special for me it's where my wife's from and i spend a lot of time okay. there but what's what's the sort of special memories of that that period um i think it's like looking at it now i definitely think like the sense of community and almost that sense of like you know having your friends kind of just live super close with you like in the neighborhood so it's like those classic movies you see people in the the cul-de-sac and your next door neighbors there and all that stuff like that like yeah it's actually real <laughs> you know like just going across the road getting on bikes kind of like playing sports american football basketball outside and stuff like that so it would definitely be like those just little memories you know like having you know some of my friends come over we just do all night it's just chilling playing video games all that stuff you know so so many memories so many does it give you a different you know we talk a lot about race um and the differences and the you know the cultural differences in both sides of atlantic and atlanta you know the sort of african-american capital of america the you know places where you know martin luther king was was so prominent and it's a big area of civil rights so you know it's a it's a, it's a city that you can't go to without getting an appreciation of of, of the subject and, and the importance mm-hmm. of the subject and then you come back to the uk and you you know if you've you've grown up you know getting the appreciation of of what that's like in america and then you come back here and it's a, it's a different kind of environment a different different sort of topic or you know context but you know there are issues which are very much common um yeah. how did you how did you find that as someone coming back and you've seen one thing and you come here and you see it in a different way what was the the contrast and experience like to be honest from i felt like i was exposed to just multiple and different cultures mm. from a young age so like you said in atlanta you know heavily in, uh, like a predominantly like um, black community, you know, like you said with Martin Luther King, like it's just predominantly black community in America, in Atlanta. And I was what age of three to seven, mm. and then moving to Texas, I was still obviously I would like to say quite young, and the mind is still, you know, feel like it's uh could still be molded in a sense. And where I lived in Houston, it was quite like more of like a more white Hispanic uh, community. So I felt like I was just always exposed to just different people, different cultures, races. So to me, it was just all normal, like interacting with all types of races there is, you know, mm-hmm. it was just normal. And then so going to like coming back to London um, and living in South London, where again, it's quite, you know, multicultural. Mm-hmm. It was just normal to me, to be honest, you know, like I never really experienced anything crazy in a sense, or maybe my mind is, <laughs> you know, like watering it down probably i don't know but i never experienced anything like nuts and just like oh wow like this is a whole different culture or anything to be fair the only thing i really like noticed was probably school uniform <laughs> that was the only thing to be <laughs> honest you know literally the school uniform like wearing a suit i'm just like why am i wearing a suit like what on earth like what is this like that's literally the only thing i can think of like culturally you know but as i get older you know, I do look back and I'm just like, okay, maybe this was like a little bit of an interesting like interaction with this person or this and that. But I was just still so young and naive to to the world. You know, do you, how much do you feel that that because it's such a great thing as a kid to 
have those different environments and experiences in different countries and different places? I mean, do you, do you feel even now you kind of reap the benefits of of that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's more um, just being able to just deal with change easier. I think, you know, I even have this conversation with loads of other people, even my missus as well. Like, just being able to deal with change a lot easier because, you know, couple of years here then it's just like oh go go to a whole different state couple of years here oh now you're going to a whole different country you know so it's just been i think like being exposed to kind of like the chopping and changes like it's made me deal with change easier like i feel like i can deal with change a lot easier so like for me moving down from plymouth all the way up to newcastle i was just like oh, okay that's all right you know that's a little seven hour eight hour train journey that's cool like i just didn't <laughs> feel any type of way like oh my god like you know, obviously, like, I miss, you know, all the guys down in Plymouth, you know, friends, uh, teammates, you know, my missus as well, all that stuff. But it's just one of those, like, oh, yeah, I will see you soon, you know. I'm in the same country still, you know, so I'm just like, it's possible. Whereas other people may be like, oh, this is a big change, you know, this is a whole different environment, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm definitely reaping those experiences to this day for sure. Did you come back from the States as a basketball guy yes only in my last year in the states so my last year that's when i like actually picked up basketball so when i was 11 i can't or yeah 11 12 i can't remember what grade that is i want to say seventh grade i want to say seventh grade i think so year eight yeah year eight seventh grade so yeah that last year i was there that's when i picked up basketball really i wanted to play american football i used to hate basketball i used to hate it but i think maybe because i was an aggressive child and i just wanted to get some some (laughs) anger frustration out and just let loose maybe but yeah no definitely all my friends was just like yeah try out for the basketball team you'll make it you're the tallest in school and i was just like "Mm, all right cool i'll see what it's saying and then i just ended up being super invested into it locked into it you know and i was just like yeah this is where it's at for sure you know for sure so at that age, if someone had gone to you on a Friday, would you like a ticket for the Texans or the ticket for the ticket for the Rockets? What would you have taken? Um, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably, probably the Texans. You know, yeah, back then, it's... probably Texans. But then saying that, I did go to like I was able to go to like um a Houston Rockets game. I think this was when Tracy McGrady was still playing. Hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, this was against the Pistons because my dad was a big Pistons fan. He loved Chauncey Billups, loved him, loved Chauncey Billups. So Chauncey Billups was playing as well. I think this is when Ben Wallace was still there. Um, but yeah, I remember going to that game, and it's crazy because again, I wasn't super invested into basketball, so that game was just a complete blur, complete blur. Like I remember we had great seats as well. Like really, if I went now, we'd be like, oh my god, like such a sick experience. But back then, I was just like, all right, cool, it's home time. <laughs> you know, do do you feel lucky to have that? I've had a little bit. I mean, you would have been, I guess, middle school, but you know that sort of experience of that. You know how Americans embrace school sport, embrace youth sport in a in a very different way to that we do in the UK. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, I definitely appreciate it now. You know, like now, I definitely appreciate it. Just like seeing how, like, you know under 18s under 16 basketball is and then thinking back at like the times where just in junior high school like how big the crowds would be how they'd be like cheerleaders how it'd be a proper thing mascot and stuff and what we're 11 12 you know and then yeah it's just a whole experience you know so i definitely 
it's bittersweet. It's like I'm glad I experienced that. Then it's just like, oh, I wish I had more of it coming back into like <laughs> England and stuff, you know. I suppose the weird thing is a lot of high school teams have a bigger budget than the GB under sixteen team, but that says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a whole um, different yeah. I mean you come back here and obviously you keep playing basketball and then you know it comes to the end of school and you're like, you know, the American dream. Let's follow the American dream. You ended up at a place called Marshalltown. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a community college. Which state I don't even know which state is Marshalltown in. <laughs> this is in Iowa. So, all the way up north in Iowa, yeah. Middle of nowhere. So the kind of Plymouth of America. Um, basically yeah <laughs> yeah um and you know obviously you know community colleges you know is for a lot of people it's where you get a start and then you hope to move up to you know division one or you know university type environment but it didn't really go to plan for you for you know very unfortunate reasons yeah yeah it didn't go to plan yeah and i think it's one of those ones that i've over the years i've accepted now you know i think is one part of it is um how I probably might go on a little tangent. One part of it is being a international player on a scholarship. You're essentially coming to do a job. And obviously the conversation with the coach at the end of the year was then, you know, you didn't do, you know, enough essentially. So we're going to like put you on a half scholarship. And then obviously if you improve and stuff like that, we'll help financially. So it was that aspect of just like, like right now, I don't have the money to do that. Family doesn't have the money to do that. So we'll have to look elsewhere and see what we can do. So over the summer, just working out, working out, probably worked out a little bit too hard, which goes on to unfortunate circumstance number two of me tearing my ACL. Mm. So that kind of just, you know, kind of put a spanner in the works of what I really wanted to do. So that obviously just kind of changed the game plan of like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I'm a little bit familiar with the BBL you know, I do know there's some teams that have a university and BBL links and affiliates. Um, let's just see kind of what's going on in that aspect, you know. Um, and I was just like, yeah, let me just play professional basketball from the age of 19. You know, if I can do that, I'll be a great, you know, step forward. So, um, And the ACL, yeah, I, like, I mean, the ACL, there's a million ways, you know, a million circumstances that, that can happen. It's one of those freak things. What, where did it happen for you? a scrimmage which is annoying enough yeah, it was a scrimmage you know just um down at the regal basketball court in south london uh which is a competitive scrimmage you know mm-hmm. i think it was game point ball was in my hand and i was just like yeah i'm getting a bucket <laughs> so the other guy like he tried to like foul me slow me down close friend of mine as well he tried to like foul just to slow me down but ended up like jumping and landing wrong and then you know just felt to go but at the time i was in denial i was just like oh no it's just a sprain and these times my knees just like swollen up like a balloon, but I was just like, nah, I'll be alright. But yeah, no, that was the time I tore my ACL. What's, yeah, what's the reaction when you you hear those three letters once the you know, the docs get you know, get a proper look at it? Um, I don't know. I think I just tried to not really process. Yeah, I did my ACL. Like it was just like, alright, cool. I did my ACL. I can be back quick. I just need to rehab, make sure the swelling's down, get back stronger. Like, I think my mind was just on, like, a as cliche as it sounds, it was just on a next play mentality. It was just like, all right, cool, this happened. Can't do anything about it now. What can I do moving forward? Like, I think that's what it was. Because if I was to really, like, process it, like, oh, ACL's gone and all that, the stories you hear, the other people that don't come back as themselves after ACL and stuff like that's what really gets into your head. It was more of a mental battle. So I was just like, nah, I'm going to come back myself. I'm going to come back fine, come back stronger, like, Let's just keep moving forward, you know. 
So I think, yeah, it was daunting at the time in the sense of, oh, this is like slowing down the steps I want to take. But in actual reality, I'm fine. I'm up in Newcastle. I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you go into Plymouth and you're at Marion's and you know which has the link with then the Raiders now that just the city patriots how what was the process of winning yourself you know from being a student to the point where obviously you're you're on a contract and then you're you know in the rotation and you know PJ's got you know faith in you I mean it was because you know a lot of times when guys come back from America you're ready made you weren't at that stage quite yet but you know did how did you find that journey from coming back Proving your, you know, proving your fit and healthy first and foremost, to getting into the point where you're like, oh, I'm actually a BBL player here. Yeah. Um, so I think it links with me. We're getting put on like a half scholarship. Mm. So I think I, I like to say like I was already exposed to the quote unquote professionalism of basketball mm-hmm. and how you're there to do a job. You know, if you're not there to do a job now, then it's just like, all right, cool we're going to have to find someone else and bring someone else in. So I was already exposed to that at 18, 19 of like, look, you didn't do your job. This is the the consequences of it. You know, something has to be taken away so we can bring in someone else that can do the job. So I was already exposed to that. So my mentality was, look, I already been exposed to not doing enough or not doing my job. I'm going to make sure I do my job, whatever it is, you know, and I feel like, and I told this to everyone that I speak to, young kids that want to, you know, progress in basketball. I was just like, I feel like everyone has the ability to play defense. And, you know, I was just like, look, I'm just going to come in, face guard whoever it is. At the time, it was two-time MVP, Justin Robinson. I was just like, I'm just going to make sure he does not touch the basketball at all. <laughs> and he just gets vexed, you know. So I think, like, you know, me being able to do that, that puts trust in the coaches, you know. And they're just like, all right, cool. Denzel can play defense. That helps uh, alleviate pressure off, you know, the scores on the team, the guys like running the team. And just kept doing that. And then, you know, you get easy still here and there, easy basket here and there. Then it's just, all right, Denzel's producing a little bit more. And that just like puts trust in the coaches and the guys around you, you know. So, yeah, I feel like just being exposed to kind of like professionalism basketball, it just put me in a mind- mindset of come and just do my job no matter what. And make sure I don't give anyone a reason of ah, Dens, why are you not so and so forth. So I think being exposed to that from like an early age definitely helps. I mean, someone like Justin breed that you, trust and confidence. Yeah, I mean, I mean confidence is, is probably the word there. But you know, someone like Justin, and you're the young pup, and he's the you know old wise pro here. It, yeah. it, is that sort of confidence and bravado probably? Does it does that come naturally to you, or is that a, is that the, the game face? that you put on when you, you know, step on a court? Uh, I feel like you just always have to be, as a basketball player, I feel like you just always have to be confident. Like in, like me, you could tell, like you ask anyone, like I'm quite quiet and shy. Mm. But I think it's, I would like to say it's more of like an alter ego kind of thing. Like on a basketball court, I'll just over talk or just be over the top with things. Well, I feel like I'm over the top. Probably I'm just talking at a very normal level. <laughs> but I just like to be over the top because it just kind of puts me in that alter ego of just like, look, you can do what you do and you do it very very well go show everyone you know so i definitely feel like yeah it's uh just that alter ego for me anyways you know that's your stunt double there we go that's the stunt double yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> you've you've got this you know career i remember kieran achara and i were, were calling a game i presume it was glasgow against plymouth 
um, mm-hmm. a few years ago. I remember we spoke to you afterwards because you had an amazing game, and it was the best game that I think I've ever seen you play. And I, there's always been those moments with you know over the last sort of five years. We, I guess, people have talked to you, and I've watched you, and I go, "This this guy's our next big thing. This guy, you know, this guy could be MVP of this league." And then then maybe disappear and the numbers sort of drop off and then you come back and you have this amazing game and you know it's, it's, there's been roller coaster rides within that and we see your talent i mean you know you see yeah. it and obviously the defensive thing it sometimes doesn't show up in the box score yeah but it, it is a bit up and down and you wonder is is that how do you how does that sit with you or you know where do you think that comes from um multiple reasons i think reason one i think that's just myself and probably overthinking the situation that is around so to like explain it it's like as a domestic player you kind of have to fit into a role Mm. and I could be wrong on this but this is how I feel and this is kind of like my experience as a domestic player you kind of have to fit into a a role and kind of do your role and me being you know 20 21 22 23 at the time like seen as young especially like I was doing my, my studies as well so I was seen as kind of like the young student mm. at the time so it's just like yeah then to come in just do your role whilst everyone else you know kind of gets the job done kind of thing so that was kind of in my head so that's probably why like some games it was just like cool play really well and then some games it's just super quiet you know because it's just like alright cool let me just do my role and then take care of what I have to do and that's it and then it's also the aspect of like I think stuff that's out of my control mm. in the sense of all right cool we got guys that are here to score so they need to score so then make sure you know they got the ball in their hands so they can do what you they have to do you know so essentially i think it's just the role and me overthinking the the role in the entire context to it so i think that's why there were some games that i kind of had up and down up and down but there's one of the ones i'm still like you know just trying to get that at the back of my head like get that out of my head just like Denz you just play basketball I've proven that I can score 19-20 points on multiple occasions just do that basketball is basketball at the end of the day no matter where you are do you, do you think that, that that that's that I mean it shows the psychology and shows the importance of that that psychology but also it's you know with anything it's about coaches and you know the, the positions they're putting you in to succeed or or, or, or impact on games etc but do you are you at the point in your career now? You're 25 years old, where mm-hmm. you f- you feel that it's not like you say you you know Mark Stilwell calls a play and you go no I know I know better I'm going to do this because I think this is you know this is best for me right now but that you have enough experience and enough self belief in yourself to go at times I'm feeling it here or I I can be the best version or I can be the scorer in this play or situation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely believe it. Yeah, definitely believe it. You know, and it's one of the ones like if I do take a shot where you know coach might not like it, and it's just like all right, cool. I felt like it was a good shot at the time. It was a good decision. I've worked on it, taking hundreds and hundreds of reps on it. If I miss and you feel like it was bad, well, we're gonna have to review it on Monday during film. You know, <laughs> I can't. Lie. We're gonna have to review it. But yeah, it's one of the ones like yeah, I believe in myself for sure. No matter where I'm at in the world with basketball like I feel like I'm just going to always put my best foot forward you know and make sure I try and succeed as best as I can let's talk about Eagles this season um, two and eight yeah. start 
ninth place not where we're expecting Eagles to be and you know it's 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 been tough and there's been personnel changes and you got a tough game up at up at Caledonia this this Sunday um hard what's it been like for you guys you know because you know Mark's obviously his first head coaching job in the BBL you know great job he's done for Mm -hmm. for GB but you know there's a lot of new pieces trying to come together and hasn't always fitted um how have you tried to you know as, as a core group you know stay positive and you know stay focused um i think it makes it easier that everyone kind of like gels well with each other you know because there's been teams and i've been on teams where it's just like we're going off to a rough start if we went if we lose one game it's the end of the world <laughs> you know i've been on teams where it's like that so for us to be in the situation we're in and to still kind of be a team and a group and us like you know actually you know be cool with each other it helps and it makes life easier you know like everyone wants to succeed everyone wants to win like there's no vibe of like oh yeah i'm just here just to get my stats so i can go to the next no there's like no vibe like that at all it's just like nah we're binding this together we're all in this together we're gonna get the ball rolling once we get the first one we're confident and we get second third fourth we'll just keep going keep going you know so that's just kind of that vibe and feel in the group you know we even had a team talk the other day as well just like look guys we need to turn this around but like, without coach as well just us players like look we gotta turn this around we need to figure it out so let's just say what we need to say how we feel whatever whatever you know and it was a productive conversation you know like the vibe over these last couple of days has just completely changed it feels like there's like a just an extra little fight an extra you know positive energy like it's just benefiting so for us to be in a situation where we're at and still feel like we are in a good place yeah, it's, it's, it's special you know Paul, but Paul, we'll Paul definitely Blake, turn it around Paul Blake the, the Newcastle owner made a comment the other week about you know the expectations in Newcastle because you know you had a decade or more of winning trophies and winning and trophies and it you know, just got repetitive and you know I know what the fans are like in Newcastle. They're, you know, they're amazing, and they you know, they come in the numbers, win or lose over you know the, the past twelve months. But they've grown used to this. You know this this was the default. Do do you as players do you feel that expectation that the 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 pressure that kind of comes from that expectation to to win rather than being you know the team that's second bottom at the minute. No, yeah, a thousand percent, definitely. You know, like before when I was in Plymouth as well, I was just like, oh, Newcastle playoffs, yep, of course. Newcastle finals, yep, of course. They got the cup, <laughs> yeah, okay. Trophy, yeah, okay. So now being in that environment, it's just like, nah, I got to make sure this keeps going. Like, I want to be a part of this as well. I want to win something. I want to be, you know, a part of the winning norm. You know what mm. I mean? So yeah, definitely, everyone's like feeling that pressure. You know, you know, from coach top down to beauty students that come into practice. Like, we all feel it. Like, nah, like. This is kind of a, a legacy we've been brought into because those above feel like we can carry on this legacy, if that makes sense. You know, so it's just like, yeah, like, I'm trying to be a part of that as well. So we all feel it. Like, we know we get it. We're trying. <laughs> you know, that's one thing we are trying. Like, we want to, you know, be part of it too, get some silverware. Last thing I ask you about, you know, you know, we've all kind of looked at interest in the BBL the last week, and you see Aaron, Aaron Raiden. And you know, we've seen some of the comments that he's made, and he, you know, he's 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 talking about making this a great league for British players to play in, as well as attracting a world class talent from elsewhere. When you when you hear that, and you look at the league now, 
and you know as a player who is you know is you've grown up in this league this is you've made this your home this is your your job and your profession and you're and you're invested in this um you know we've all got i think opportunities to kind of hear from a bit more over the next week because they've been very proactive admirably proactive and coming out to talk to people about the vision of the new bbl but what would your message be to him as you know coming in here as a as a british player about what you'd like to see from him and from this league in the next five years? Oh, that is a good, good question. I can't lie to you. That is a good <laughs> question. What would I like to see? Oof, honestly, I'm a very, very easy and simple man. So, <laughs> like, in a sense where I don't really stress financially, yeah, a little extra couple, you know, zeros would be great. <laughs> oh, a couple of extra zeros at the end would be amazing. Yeah, that would be incredible, yeah. you know. No, but I think to be honest, it's just like maybe like speaking to like some of my guys, like maybe just like a different format of the league in a sense, you know, obviously that I did see like they're trying to, you know, look into working with, I want to say Belfast and getting a team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Belfast getting a team, just getting like some extra like uh, clubs involved, you know, that would be great making it a uh, uh, 15, 16 uh, team league. Like that would be incredible, you know, and then, um, yeah, I think obviously just starting from there, you know, making it actually like a league that's like seen around the world, like, oh, wow, like, you know, they've, this is the BBL, like, it's a respectable thing, you know? Like, I even made a joke with one of my teammates, like, oh, like, there's the BBL and then there's the BBL, you know? <laughs> like, there's the German BBL and then there's the British <laughs> BBL. Like, we just made a joke, like, oh, it's a difference in the sayings. Like, it's just like, no, nah, it shouldn't be like that. Like, for one, this is my home, this is my country, this is where I'm from. So it'll be sick to like have a league where it's just like, oh wow, like I would love to play in England. I would love to play in the BBL kind of thing, you know. But in steps on how to do that, I'm personally not too sure. That's why we you know have a CEO involved to, to you know make that happen for sure. Well, let's hope it's on the rise. Yeah. Anyway, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, Denzel, <laughs> pleasure, pleasure having you on. Amazing tales. Um, good luck. Keep doing what you do and have a great Christmas when it comes sure, not far away. And um, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. And you have a good Christmas as well. Thank you for having me on here. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. That is it for this edition of the MVP cast. Don't forget you can get all the previous editions via your preferred podcast provider or at the website at mvp247.com. If you want to reach out to me, you can get me on Twitter at Mark Bripple. We'll have another edition of the podcast very soon. Our guest next week. Don't miss it. It is Jordan Williams, GB Ford. And he's got some great chat for us. But until then, for me, Mark Woods, thank you for joining me. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>